IMDb Journey podcast, where not only do we break down a film from the IMDb Top 250 list, but we also do a wide variety of other things, including Pod V Pods, where we play games and trivia contests with other podcasts. We also talk about everything else we've been watching in the last fortnight. Hendo, how are you going? Um, fantastic, Dean. That's fantastic. Yeah, how are you, sir? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I was actually I arrived a little late tonight because as I was getting ready to go, I got a knock at the door. And I tell you, in this day and age, it almost never happens where someone knocks on my door that I don't know is coming. Was it Bible bashes? It was my neighbour. Do, do you know what he wanted? He wanted to buy something online and had no idea how to do it. Wow. So he walks in with his printout. He's like, oh, you know, he threw me twice as much money as it costed. This old guy, I said, can you do this for me? I was like, yeah, no worries. Like, I did it immediately. Of course. And he's like, wow. (laughs) He's just amazed by the talent I have of eBay use. Technology. (laughs) But no, it was was quite funny. Nice man, though. Nice man. Good on him. I actually went back to work this week after four weeks off. Ooh, unlucky. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get back into it. It's rough. It is rough after four weeks of not working to go back to work. Four weeks is a long time to have off. Yeah. I normally try and take three weeks off if I can. Um, and that feels like a long time. But in the th- by the end of the third week, I'm ready to go back to work. Well, it's better for me now because when I we've got the podcast now, so I've got things to do. When yeah. I've got holidays, I'm going to be watching more movies. Where when we didn't have the podcast, I'm like, hmm, twiddling my thumbs, like, what do I do? What should I do? All right, Hendo. Before we get into our eighth version of Pod v Pod, why don't you tell our listeners what else they're in for today? Well, Dean, we're going to be giving the answers that you, the listeners, have given us to our question of the week, which is, what is your favourite remake? We're going to be giving our top five remakes ourselves, and we'll be giving the results of the Elite Eight in our Best Director Tournament, and boy, there is a very, very close match. I don't think I've seen this. Haven't you? I don't think I actually saw this. There is someone who has won 51%. Oh, 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 no way, really? Yeah, wait till you see it. I wonder what it is. Is it... uh... Well, I'm not going to tell you now. I'll say say it'll be Tarantino Scorsese. All right, well, we'll find that out later on in the podcast. And after all that, we're going to be talking about what else we've been watching for the last fortnight. Like you said, we'll be talking about First Man, A Star is Born, and Bad Times at the El Royale, among many other films that we've seen. So plenty of content for you guys today. Sounds like fun, Hendo. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So we're going to take a short break here, give you a couple of promos from some awesome podcasts out there, and we'll be back on the other side with Pod V Pod 8. The Epic Film Guys podcast is a film comedy podcast with two best friends celebrating everything we love about going to the movies. We've got great beer, amazing guests, and quirky characters unlike anything you've ever heard before. Well, I just assumed you were drinking that chocolate stout that you were going to make with the cheapest and crap chocolate ice cream in a Miller Lite. I remember being a young man and my mother telling me I didn't have a name because I was illegitimate. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> Never be sorry on the Epic Film Guys podcast. Never be sorry. C- cut in, talk over. I'm sorry every time I finish doing an episode. I didn't hear that, Nick. Don't bring it up yet. I'm not supposed to come out till like, the end of the episode. Subscribe to the Epic Film Guys on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you at the movies. The Film Inquiry Podcast Network has taken the talented writers from FilmInquiry.com and given them a new outlet to express their unique and informed opinions. The network has three shows that cover an array of topics. Filmography Inquiry discusses the entire works of your favorite directors or actors, giving each film a thorough examination. 
Junk About Movies takes new releases and puts a spin on them, creating fun brackets, rankings, trivia contests, and more. Finally, Planet Smollywood covers all the indies you need to know about. So subscribe to the Film Inquiry podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at Film Inquiry Pod and visit FilmInquiry.com for the best movie coverage around. All right, it's time to get into Pod V Pod 8, where we have some of your favorite podcasters in for a battle royale. And this week, you've just heard their promo. It is John and Jay from the Film Inquiry Podcast Network. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. We, it, it is an honor uh, to be here on the opposite side of the world. Let's, uh, we're going to have some fun. Yes, have some fun. That's today. the plan. The, the, the hey, I'm here technology. too, by the way, Jay. <laughs> oh, so, hey there. How are you? Yeah, nobody, yeah that, that's fine. <laughs> Thanks for having us, guys. Happy to be here. So before we get into it, why don't you tell us a bit about yourselves and your shows? Yeah, so I'm 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 sort of the Nick, uh, the Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury figure of the Film Inquiry podcast network. I, I sort of put it all together, and we have three shows on our network. I have a show myself. It's called Filmography Inquiry, where I go through the full filmographies of directors and and things like that. And we have another show called Planet Smollywood, which covers some of the smaller movies that you have coming out. Uh, and then John Mark, I guess, can can talk about his show. Yeah, so my show's Junk About Movies. Uh, I my show drops every Tuesday, or at least once a week. Sometimes I slip to Wednesdays, um, and I kind of cover a wide variety of things. I do quizzes sometimes, like you guys. Uh, nice. Right now, for the month of October, I did a uh, Fifty Years of Horror series. Um, so a lot of top ten lists, a lot of reviews, a lot of uh, you know basically anything and everything related to movies. So and my in session film overlords would uh, disown me if I didn't mention that I also record for them once a week. Of course, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love your work over at In Session Film, and of course your work on the Film Inquiry Podcast Network. Uh, I got to say, Jay, your four part series on Quentin Tarantino was fantastic. Yeah, thanks, man. Not a problem. That was a lot of fun. Okay, so why don't we get into it? We've got our first round here, which is our standard movie quiz. Pop quiz, asshole. And what we've got here is five questions each per team, one point per correct guess. And the winner is the person with the most points. Sounds good. All right, we'll start off first. We'll ask you guys the first question. Who wants to answer the first one? I think I will go first. Yeah. Okay, so... The first one we've got here. Oh, by the way, these five questions are from our uh, recent patron, Chris. So thank you very much for that, Chris. Nice. All right, Chris, don't do me wrong. Don't <laughs> do me wrong. <laughs> All right, first question. Tom Hanks has starred in five films directed by Steven Spielberg. Name those films. All right. I don't have to do it in order, do I? No, no, no. Okay. So you got uh, Catch Me If You Can, Road to... Or nope. Uh, Catch Me If You Can, Bridge of Spies... Uh, good lord, I'm already blanking. <laughs> Jay, I'm sorry. This is bad. You got some biggies hanging out there. Off to, off to a good start. I know. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, man. Oh, you start. You started off so confident as yeah, well. <laughs> I, I should. I should have gone first. This is a disaster. This is already a disaster. I'm. I'm really, really am blanking. Uh, hang on one second. If you hear fe- if you hear feverish com. typing, it's definitely not him looking it up. <laughs> no, no, no. I would never. I would never. Oh man, catch me if you can. Bridge of Spies. Why can't? Oh, the Terminal. That's the one you remember. <laughs> yeah, I'm three, gonna three out of five jump, so far. jump out my hotel window whenever I hear the other two. Uh, 
Jay, I'm sorry, I might have to give up. I hate it whenever I listen to their Pod V Pods and somebody takes forever to answer. So, <laughs> Dead air. Uh, Dead air, baby. Man, <laughs> off to a terrible start. Sorry, I'm bowing out. Okay, it's Saving Private Ryan and The Post. Oh my god. That's right. <laughs> I, I can forgive you not remembering The Post, but come on, Saving Private Ryan. I know, that was insane. <laughs> you know, You know what's freaking hilarious? That's my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, lucky. All right, who wants to go first, Eddie or me? I'll go first. All right, Dean's up first. Jay, do you want to lead off the questioning while I uh, lick my wounds here? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good. We'll uh, we'll start off with with this kind of in in uh, honor of what we're going to be drafting later. Only six directors have won Best Director for their directorial debut. Name three of them. <laughs> wow, okay. I'll accept movie or director, that's fine. Alright, bear with me. I'm just going through directors, I'm like, who actually got nominated even? Alright, hold on. While you're thinking, by the way, I would not have felt too bad because I would have never gotten the post because I have already forgotten about that movie. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> How dare you, solid flick. Jay loves it, Jay loves it. I don't it. love it, I like it. Alright, we'll go Kevin Costner, Dances with Wolves. Mm-hmm. Sam Mendes, uh, American Beauty. Yep. Those were the two, and now the third one's the trick, the tricky one. I can see those gears working in his head here. <laughs> well, I started off by thinking, all right, let's just think of every director I can and what their first movie was. But now I'm like, maybe if I start from, uh, like, maybe, like, best pitch. Oh, hold on. No, it's gone. Um, Come on, one more, one more, one more. I'm close, I'm close. I could get this. Did Jordan Peele get it? I'll go. I, I, yeah, I'll go. Jordan Peele. Nope. Oh. <laughs> that was uh, what one? What even? Oh, Shape of Water won last year. Oh, of course. Come of on, Dean. <laughs> just happened. Well, I could picture him up there accepting something. I was best like, director. Was that? No, no, best, best, best screenplay. Hey, you know what else just happened? What? The post. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Exactly. That's true. That's true. But I'll uh, I'll run through the other the other winners. Delbert Mann won for Marty. Jerome Robbins won for West Side Story, Robert Redford for Ordinary People, and James L. Brooks for Terms of Endearment. Okay, I yeah, was not getting, not getting them ever, <laughs> so I don't feel so bad. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a toughie. That was that was almost as hard as name every Spielberg <laughs> Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. <laughs> almost, almost. All right, Jay, you're up. I'm up. All right. How many times did Roger Moore play James Bond? Oh, God. This is not my specialty. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. I on, This is just going to be a blind guess, and I'm going to say four. No. I it actually on the know this one, I think. What is it? is it? Is it six? No, it's seven. Oh, God. Oh, he's played it seven times. Yep. Wow. He did Live and Let Die, The Man with the Golden Gun, The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, and A View to a Kill. Yeah, wrong wrong guy to ask that one. <laughs> All right, I'm up. Let's see if we can get a point on the board here. Yeah, let's see if anybody can, honestly. Yeah. I'd be... <laughs> Strong <laughs> start be by both. Eggs. Yeah. All right, stick with me on this one. It, it takes a little... There's a little opener to it. All right. At the beginning of Dumb and Dumber, Lloyd Christmas gets his accents mixed up, and then does a stereotypical American version of an Australian accent. With the whole throw another shrimp on the Barbie, you know, everything. Yeah. What accent did he think the woman he was speaking to had, and what accent did she actually have? Deep cut. Deep cut. 
Okay, can you just repeat that last little bit again? Yep. What accent did he think the woman he was speaking to had? He guesses. And what accent did she reply that she actually had? She says it. And then he gets it totally wrong and does some other accent. Which I don't need that part because I already gave it to you. Oh, okay. So he obviously, he does an Australian accent when he speaks. Right. But he, but she's actually Austrian. Correct. Mm-hmm. But what's the second part? What well, the first part you're missing. Yeah. <laughs> For the third time, please, please repeat it. <laughs> Clearly didn't pull it. He says, mmm, lovely accent, and then guesses. Oh, um, New Jersey. Oh, there you go. wow. I'm impressed. Jesus. I'm impressed. <laughs> Oh, so I just uh, had to had to get that a couple of times. <laughs> That's nice. I thought I thought that was going to be a, a free win for us. <laughs> Ouch! That was impressive. Thank you. Well done. Very nice. All right. In Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, who is the first character to speak? Is it A. Luke, B. Darth Vader, or C. C. Three PO? C. C. Three PO. Very good. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah. We're on the board. <laughs> That's right. I actually might have had to kill myself if I missed a Star Wars question. <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel as bad anymore. Yeah. The the pressure's off now. I can That's right. read the sigh really. <laughs> yeah, one, if you get one right, you, you're fine. Yeah. All right, Dean, you're up. Yeah, wait, way to yeah. add more pressure to this question. <laughs> a real, real nail-biter going here. Um, all right. Put the following 1988 releases in order from worst U.S. box office total to best. Die Hard, Coming to America, and Crocodile Dundee 2. This is in honor of your first episode, by the way. Of course. Of course. How could I forget? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Die Hard, Coming to America, and Crocodile. I just have no idea how Crocodile Dundee <laughs> did in America. <laughs> and it was the sequel. I mean, it could have been huge. It could have been terrible. Coming to America. All right, I'm going to go. The worst was Coming to America, then Crocodile Dundee 2, then Die Hard. Oh, I think Coming to America was the best. Flip it. Say. Flip it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Coming to America Murphy, was number one. That, was, that was the era of Eddie Murphy, man. He could yeah. do absolutely no wrong. And then Crocodile Dundee yeah. 2. I have no anecdotes about that one. That's just weird. And then <laughs> Die Hard was three. You can, yeah. you can maybe, t- maybe I was influenced by my own personal uh, thoughts on <laughs> Yeah, films. yeah, that could be what it was. <laughs> you can tell who carries who in these quizzes, I'll tell you. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the numbers, by the way, coming to America grossed 128 million in American box office. Dundee 109 million, and Die Hard 83 million. Isn't that weird? How much lower mega hits used to be? Like that was yeah. a huge smash, barely over 100. That's crazy. All right, uh, Jay, you're up. All right, I'm up. All right. Up. In Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King. God, we should have switched, John Mark. <laughs> we really should have, man. This is bad news. <laughs> It was nominated for 11 Academy Awards. Uh-huh. How many did it win? Oh, my God. Uh, so you get, down, you get down to those technical awards, and it's, like, tough to remember. I'm going to say, oh, boy. This is another shot in the dark, but I'm going to say seven. No. Unfortunately not. Ah. It actually got all of them, all 11. Oh, my God. Good for you, Return of the King. Good for Bravo. you. Now I will never forget that fact. 
Yeah, once you once that's in your brain, you've got that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That kind of threw me. I knew it won eleven. I for some reason I had in my head that it got nominated for like twelve or thirteen. So when oh. you said nominated for eleven, I was confused. But at, at yeah. least I know that Tom Hanks is in Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> nominated for eleven and won twelve. So <laughs> yeah, that's what Psych. I was gonna say. <laughs> right in vote. They gave it the honorary, the lifetime award. Yeah, already. <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right, I'm up. Right. Let's let's take the lead here. Okay. So Venom just broke the record for highest uh, October weekend opening weekend box office ever. Hmm. What movie is the highest grossing October release of all time? So not just the opener, but once you factor in gross total. Oh, jeez. And since I'm really bad at wording these... <laughs> no, no, I got this one. <laughs> okay, all right. No, I think he's just really bad at understanding them. <laughs> just think of all the October releases you can. I'm I'm really good yeah, with like yeah. years. I'm not good with months at all. October. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I wouldn't even know where to begin. I'm assuming it's something recent. Yeah. Yeah. At least I had an option of one to eleven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, you forgot about one to twelve. They could have won that twelve. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So just think about things that would have come out like last couple of years in October. I don't even know where to begin. Hmm. Uh, you've upset him now. <laughs> I know. Is it one to one, by the way? It is. It is. It's a real barn Man. burner. We're all great at this, guys. We clearly have movie podcasts. I think. I think <laughs> we just think too highly of each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm gonna. I really feel like it would be a superhero film. Uh, let's go. Thor Ragnarok. It's a good guess. I can't remember if that was an October release or not. But me neither. <laughs> It was actually gravity. Oh, okay. I'd be willing. I'd be willing to bet that Thor made more money than Gravity, so it must not have been October. Yeah, it must yeah. not. Have, yeah, that's true. That, yeah, it's probably guess, like November. I reckon. Probably March. March. <laughs> yeah, it's probably June. <laughs> All right, heading into the last round, it's tied one apiece. And this is the one we can confer on, right? That's right. And right, you've got okay. extra help here because we've got another multiple choice for you. All right, all right, all right. All right, here you go. Which fictional character has appeared the most in cinema history? Is it Sherlock Holmes, yes. Dracula, or Tarzan? Jay, it's Sherlock Holmes. How is that possible? Yeah, because, you know, like, going back to the 1920s. Wait, can you repeat the question? Fictional in movie history? Cinema history. Yeah. So it was, give me the options again. Sherlock Holmes, Dracula, or Tarzan? Yeah, Ooh. it's it's Sherlock. Basil Rathbone did like fifty bajillion Sherlock Holmes movies. All right, I trust your instincts. Let's go, Sherlock. It's incorrect. God, oh, no. I knew there's like it's... something with Sherlock Holmes where he's like the most pieces of fiction based off of him or something, but not movies. I'm guessing Dracula. Yeah, Dracula is the answer. Dracula. So many. Uh, think of all the crappy Dracula movies we've gotten in the last like fifteen years. Nah, you know. Fair enough. One for five. That's I pretty led, good. I, I led you astray again. <laughs> I led you astray again. So listen to our podcast. We are very knowledgeable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see if we can win this. What team. do we got? So, name any bar from the movie The World's End besides the bar The World's End. <clears throat> I'm out. <laughs> any of them. Jesus. I saw it once a couple of years you ago. You saw it once? I yeah. think I only saw it once as well. Um, there are 11 
passport. They're 11. <laughs> That's not making us feel better here, guys. <laughs> I, I keep thinking of the Winchester from Short of the Dead. <laughs> I mean, there's probably more chance of that than yeah, whatever, whatever we're going to make guess. up. So... Nah, I... What would be a typical British pub name? The Swingin' Arms? <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Are you I mean, play? I got no idea. I think we should... There's a chance they say, went to the Winchester. I going to say we should pass. No, I don't think it's the Winchester. Oh, okay. Well, what, well, do, what, do you, what would you rather say? Probably the Winchester. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't do that? Yeah, we'll say Winchester. <laughs> That's a good guess, actually. Uh, it's incorrect, yeah. but uh, whenever... So I pulled this question from an episode that I did on my show called Drunk About Movies, where my guests and I got drunk, and then I asked them bar and drink-related questions from movies. And the person who got that question also guessed the Winchester because they didn't know <laughs> mm-hmm. any of them. <laughs> yeah. You could have said either First Post, Old Familiar, Famous Cock, Cross Hands, Good Companions, Trusty Servant, Two-Headed Dog, The Mermaid, The Beehive, King's Head, or Hole in the Wall. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right, fair enough. All right, so it's a defensive struggle here. All right, hold on. I'm counting counting up the the tally. Yeah, Uh, might take a while. (laughs) Yeah. There there was that one, remember? (laughs) Did you carry the one, though? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so yeah, we did end up on a one-one tie. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's awesome. We'll just, we'll just call uh, that, we'll that call must it the be tie. the lowest collective score. <laughs> I think so. I don't. I don't know whether I should feel great or should I hang it over Jay's head that I was the only one that got one, or the fact yes. that I, I, th- no, I no, I, yeah, you definitely should because I'm doing the same here. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, Let's just, small pat on the back. The yeah. guy, the guy with the military background, couldn't remember that Saving Private Ryan exists. <laughs> so I feel really terrible about that. Actually, <laughs> one to one, one to one, uh, one if, to one. If we have to tie, we tie. That's yeah. right. All right, let's get into round two here, which is. Wait a minute! Don't I know you from somewhere? Where both teams have gotten three actors or actresses, and the other team has to guess what are their four known four films on the IMDb page. Yes. So we asked first last time. You guys can ask first this time, and I'll go first this time. Okay. So the first person out the shoot, uh, John C. Riley. Okay. Okay. Ah, oh, geez, he's been in a lot of supporting stuff, so he'd be known his his main acting stuff. I would say, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. You are correct. All right. That's nice. one. I'm used to the, hearing the dings, actually, on the episode, so it threw me off. <laughs> uh, do I go for the animated... Yeah, okay, uh, Wreck-It Ralph. That is also correct. Oh, that's a good pull. Cool. Thank you. Hmm, what are the many PTA films he's done? <laughs> Maybe Step Brothers? Incorrect. Wow. Uh, that's harsh. So one more choice, right? Yeah. The pressure mm. is mounting. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, alright, let's go Boogie Nights Also incorrect Okay the, uh, the final two are Chicago and Guardians of the Galaxy Oh, alright Which he's That's in for fun. all of like yeah. three minutes That's random I guess I guess when in doubt, pick the Marvel film that they were in <laughs> Yeah, of course <laughs> <laughs> Alright, who wants to go first? Eddie is two 
I'll go first this time. Well, yeah, I was going to say, let Jay go first. I already, you know, fell on that sword, so. I got to redeem myself. All right, and we've got for you Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Okay. Al Pacino, I'm going... Man, he's just one of those guys who's had so many movies. Uh, Let's go Serpico. Very good. Let's go Godfather. Yes. Let's go with... Oh, uh, um, oh, what's the one? What's the one where he's blind and he won the Academy Award? Son of a Woman. No. Uh, mm, man. Uh, and then I will go with, oh boy, Al Pacino, Al Pacino, Al Pacino. Heat. No. Ah. The other two were Dog Day Afternoon ah. and Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. <laughs> Dick Tracy. Right. Two, yeah. really, two real upsets there at the end of both of our actors on those. Dog Day makes sense, but not Dick yeah, Tracy. Dog Day is understandable, but yeah. come on, Dick Tracy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Jay, you ask now. All right. I'm asking. I, I'm worried this, this might be a, a bloodbath on, on the part of the scoreboard. But uh, Margot Robbie. Well, you have got you have got Dean. So Margot Robbie. <laughs> All right. I Tonya. Yep. Suicide Squad. Yep. The Wolf of Wall Street. Yep. Ooh. Oh, what's that? What's that one she was in with? Um, Will Smith. Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> what's that other one? She was... <sighs> I'm just trying to think if there's anything. I think I know what that's called, but. I'm just thinking if I'm missing anything obvious. Ah, oh, what about the big short? No, the last one is seminal classic. I think it's on the IMDb Top 250. The Legend of Tarzan. Oh, that is such a terrible movie. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, I don't blame you for that's not rough. doing that. That's rough. What was that other Will Is Smith it Focus? Film? Yeah, that's what it. Called? Yeah, Focus, Focus. yeah. That yeah, shit as well. I saw that. That was a gem. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, John Mark, you're up. Dean's going to yes. ask you. All right. You have Clint Eastwood. Ooh. Okay. How many Westerns <laughs> did they put on here? <laughs> Let's go with Unforgiven. Correct. Nice. Let's go with... I, okay, it's my favorite, so I'm just going to say it, because if it's not, it should be The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. No. Wow. It should be. Million Dollar Baby? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the director element in here. Yeah. It's a yeah, double whammy. It's a little tricky. Um, so I'm trying to think if they... I've never seen it before where they actually put one that someone directed but didn't also star in. So I'm, I'm going to lean away from some of those. Yeah. I feel like there is another West... I'm going to go Pale Rider. No, unfortunately. No. Okay. That's my four, right? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, is four. Yeah. So I'm going to guess... Yep. I'm going to guess Dirty Harry on there. No. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I bet, you know what I bet's on there? Because it's recent Gran Torino on there. Correct. Gran Torino yeah. and Bridges of Madison County. Oh, yep. Okay. Wouldn't have gotten that one I feel if you bad about, 100 guesses. I feel bad about Gran Torino. I probably <laughs> should have gotten that one. But, yeah, I don't feel bad about Bridges of Madison County. Dean actually asked me before we started, and I said Bridges of Madison County as like a as a backup. <laughs> he was like, "Would it be Bridges of Madison County?" Nah, it wouldn't. <laughs> like, ah, sake. So heading into the last round here, you guys are on four, and we're on five. So close one here. All right. All right. What do you guys got for us? 
Last one is Brad Pitt. This is going to be a good conversation, right, isn't so it? So we're just going to talk, so yeah. don't take these as answers, but uh, <laughs> surely it's Fight Club okay, so 7. Fight Club 7, so throw some, throw some other ones out there like Ocean's Eleven, maybe 12 yeah. Monkeys, but is he... Nah, it wouldn't nah. be 12 Monkeys. All right, so we'll get rid of that one. What about some of his earlier work like... Oh, it's got to be um, Legends of the Fall, surely. Maybe. What about Curious Case of Benjamin Button? Did he win an Oscar for that? Has he won an Oscar? I don't think he has. I'm just thinking, is there some stupid movie he's I won really don't Oscar think he has, actually. What? I don't think he's won Oscars. But if we think that the first two are obvious. Oh, it, it has to be. Okay, so let's just do them first. Okay. Alright, so first one is Fight Club. Incorrect. Oh, she's weird. Come on! <laughs> Boom! Oh, wow. Alright, do we say seven? Yeah, I mean, we've okay. got to say seven. Right, seven. Seven. Incorrect. Whoa. Holy I give up. Shit. I'm out. <laughs> wow, okay. It's going to be some trash like the Meet Joe, Black. Meet Joe Black and all that other nonsense. Probably true romance too. He's known for his little bit part in that. He was actually good in that. Yeah. What did he do in the... The Mexican? No, please no. What about the, um, like in the mid- in the 2000s, what did he do there? I don't know. I think we should put Ocean's Eleven in. I think so. We've yeah. got to get at least one point here. Yeah, sure. Ocean's Eleven. Incorrect. This oh, is ridiculous. You guys are killing us here. What is this? We're talking about the same Brad Pitt, uh, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be like Deadpool 2. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, last one. Let's, let's, let's get some... Has he done anything like real recent? Um, let's see. He did War Machine last year. Oh, what about the, um, the zombie... World War Z? Yeah, World War Z. Do you reckon? We're going to take that over... Seven Years in Tibet and Legends of the Fall. Yeah, I would take. You reckon? That over there. What else we got in there? Meet Joe Black. <laughs> oh, what about Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yeah, that's okay. pretty big. Yeah, I'm more comfortable. You want to do with that? that? Yeah, go that. All right, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That is correct. All right, hey, saving yep. grace at the there end. You go. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, Brad Pitt is my favorite actor, and I think I would have gotten one of these. Jeez. It's pretty bizarre what they chose. So, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you got yep. uh, World War Z was also on there. Okay. You were talking yep. about it. Moneyball, which you got oh, nominated okay. for, yep, so yep. I get it. And Twelve Monkeys, the first one you threw out, is actually on there. Oh, okay, oh, Jesus, what a random Twelve Monkeys list is there. the first one on the list. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yep. yeah, isn't that weird? I, I would just assume Fight Club and Seven were like, yeah, I would yeah, have done for the sure. Thing you IMDb yeah. famously anti David Fincher. Are they? Is it? Is that, no, is that's that not true. true. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, not so famous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we ended up on a final score of six here. So you guys need two for the tie and three for the win. All three right. Tie, three to win. Okay. Your final actor is Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, All right Jay. Let's talk about some things here. Let's go through the biggies here. We got. These are not our answers yet. We got. So he's he's in Tombstone, Top Gun, uh, Top Gun, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Heat, The Saint. Uh, the Batman that he was in was Batman Forever. Forever? Yeah, I don't think yeah. that's going to be one mm. because we couldn't even think of the name of it. I think that's a sign that it's not going to be on there. Let's go the first one. What? So the- what do we feel? Com- I, honestly, I don't feel comfortable about any of this. <laughs> you don't feel comfortable with Top Gun? Yeah, let's go Top Gun. Top Gun. No. Oh my God. <laughs> um. Okay. All right. We gotta at least tie. Actually, if we get the next two, let's just throw the last one and tie again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think I think I think we need to go Tombstone. 
Okay, I'm, I'm down with that. Tombstone. No! Whoa! <laughs> oh my god. Alright, we're on our last leg here. We gotta get to the next two. Alright, I think my vote for the next one is Heat. I think I'm... I think I'm comfortable with that. Although... There, okay, so before we say either of the next two, I just want to throw out, he was in the remake of The Island of Dr. Moreau, and it was terrible, but Marlon Brando was in it. Um, so if it's on there, I'm, I'm going to be mad. But yeah, let's go Heat. Heat. No. Uh, are you ah, kidding me? We lost. <laughs> All right, what about, I bet you Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is on there. Final no, guess. No, 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 yes, no, 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 no. We're not agreeing to that. We're not agreeing. I think it's Batman, dude. I think All right, we're we'll going to get one belt. You Kilmer. know what? We've already taken the L. Batman forever. No. <laughs> <laughs> It was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> uh, well, that's standard. I talked Jay out of a correct answer. Yeah. So. Uh, another one you mentioned, The Saint is on there. Oh, yeah. wow. See, that's The Doors. Oh, The Doors. Oh, we should have gotten that. And the very well-known The Sultan Sea. Mm-hmm. Yep. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, yep. There's always one. Wow. I can't... Wow. You know what? Mm. In this case, four. I'm mad now. It's been, it's been real, guys, so I'm out of here now. I'm very upset. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I've, uh, I've gotten zero for four twice before, so it, it does... I know what you're feeling like. But have you guys ever gotten two-headed monster 0 for four? 0 for collectively? <laughs> no. Thankfully, I've been here to save the day. <laughs> All right, at the end of that round, we ended up on six, and you guys ended up on four. So, let's head into our last round, which is our movie draft. And this week's movie draft is a patron-requested theme from Chris, again, and he's gone with directorial debuts. All right. We've got our we've got our big board ready. We've got our power rankings. That's right, and we had a, a brief discussion about this before, and we've gone, we're going with cinema-released... Like feature length films, TV, yes. TV yes. movies Shorts don't, yeah. count. Shorts don't TV count. TV movies don't count. Nah, this is nope. first films in the cinema for the you know for the big screen. Okay, you guys get to decide who wants to go first. Do you want to go first, or do you want to palm it over to us? So we're going to be typical Americans, and we're going to take the number one spot. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. exceptionalism, baby. <laughs> and who wants to go first out of you two? John, John, Mark, you take it. Okay, all right. So with the number one draft pick, uh, we're going to go. Orson Welles, Citizen Kane. As if it could be anything else. It has to be. Yeah. Very good pick there. All right. Who do you want to go first out of us two here? Um, I don't care. Do you care, Jay? I don't care. Let's say Dean then. Ah, it's always me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's gone first in every draft we've done. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take uh, Frank Darabont's Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good pick. Mm, good, good pick. Good choice. We were, we were talking about whether you take that or not. All right. And I'm going to take... Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. You can have it overrated. Yeah, I know you think that. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to the Quentin Tarantino series on Filmography Inquiry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it's it's my pick. I'm going to go a little off the beaten path here and take one of the greatest comedies of all time, Rob Reiner's This is Spinal Tap. Nice. nice. Excellent choice, Jay. Even though... We talked about it, and I told you that I was definitely taking it at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's go with... Let's go with another classic here. Let's go with 12 Angry Men. Very good pick. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That was uh, my next one coming up. Which I think was your first pick in the uh, courtroom drama draft. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So remember that, listener. The pick they picked <laughs> in their courtroom drama, we got, all right? <laughs> okay, Dean, what are you going to take? All right, I'm going to take Tony Kay's American History X. Okay. Mm. Very good. Interesting. And I'm going to take another American. I'm going to take Sam Mendez's American Beauty. All right. Choice. Okay. And I have been on a kick of this director, and I think this movie is so great. I don't know how it will play in the popular vote, but I'm going to pick Uh-oh. Spike Jones's being John Malkovich. Very good. Uh, Very great, good pick. Great pick. It, you know, it's a lot of, it adds some variety to our, our choices, Jay. I like it. Yeah, we, we span eras. Yeah. Uh, compared to us, uh, we've we got all 90s. 90s. <laughs> no, we're, we're trying to get that. That was a good decade, right? We're trying to get that 80 year old vote. We might just take this draft and put it in our best 90s draft coming up. <laughs> All right, last round for you guys, the wild card, and you get to collab. What are you going to go for? Okay. Uh, Jay, there's the Coens. They're still out there. The and Coens. even though Blood Simple might not be, you know, everyone's favorite Cohen, it's it's Coens. And it's great. I feel like the fans will love that. And I, it's a great movie, too. Like, it's up there for me. Hey, here we go. Here we go. Here's a, here's a pandering potential Little Aussie Mad Max, though. Little George Miller in there. Well, you're, not, you're not getting our vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what? Can you briefly describe your demographic of listeners to us? Are they mostly from Australia? Or <laughs> there's, some, there's some Aussies in there. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So that was a dead giveaway. We need to go American. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Cohen's are the right way to go. Looking at the other ones that are on the list there. But here's, here's another point. We don't have a modern movie. I think we might need to go more recent. I'm talking either Get Out, Ex Machina, Ooh. one of those two. Of course you're going to use two movies that I love to uh, win me over. I say we go recent. I say we keep our spanning generations So what do we have? We have Citizen Kane, 12 Angry Men, Spinal Tap, and Being John. Okay, I, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. Let's go Get Out, though, then. All right, we're going to go Get Out. Jordan Peele. Very good. That was... One of my considerations coming up. Okay, last one, Dean. What do you What do you got? Um, uh, I I know you're gonna say no, but I. There's I'll, no way. I'm thinking Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> there is no York. way in hell. What, what about David Lynch's Eraserhead? Uh, have you even seen it? Yes, I have. You have. I'm not gonna suggest <laughs> it if I haven't seen it. He's like, oh, David Lynch. Yeah. Um. No. 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 Let's Let's get. Let's get serious here. Let's I, go I back. Know, to I the know 90s. you would love Terrence Malick's Badlands. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Uh, what about Guy Ritchie, Lockstock? Yeah, maybe. What What else we got? We uh, we could go uh, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko is a good one, but mm. we could go sci-fi. But District Nine, Neil Blomkamp. I really like that pick. Yeah, it's a great pick. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we really want to pander, we could take Toy Story again. <laughs> It's decidedly not Daniel's, I guess. It's strictly Dean's pick. <laughs> <laughs> I I am very into John Lasseter's Toy Story. Really? Yeah, I, I think like, that's a solid choice. Pandering pick, yeah. yeah that's good right. pandering. We're, we're wildcarding it. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, it's, it'll be popular. I mean, personally, I'd love to go Kevin Smith's Clerks. Yeah. But I know you won't. I won't, no. Talk about overrated. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to go for Toy Story. Uh, we'll lock in Toy Story then. That's a good pick. That's a good call and one I never even, yeah, I didn't even have even. that on my list because yeah, I just forgotten that people direct animated movies. <laughs> why did why did throw down our list here? 
I didn't no, even no, consider no. that. I, I think one. it slipped both. It slipped both no, of our I minds. That's a good pick. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I meant. You guys are stupid. What a what a couple of numbskulls. <laughs> All right. So to recap the list, you guys have got Citizen Kane, Spinal Tap, Twelve Angry Men, Being John Malkovich, and Get Out. And we've got The Shawshank Redemption, Reservoir Dogs, American History X, American Beauty, and Toy Story. All right, we'll put that draft up. Those about, are some great lists. Oh, yeah, definitely. We'll put that draft up about 24 hours after we post this episode, and you, the listeners, will vote on it. I like it. Sounds good. So when they vote us to win and we tie you guys overall, we have to come back for a rematch then, I guess, right? 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's time on. for y'all to lose the poll. Y'all, y'all's win percentage on the poll is has got to be... No, no, I, th- I think we're good. Yeah, how many have you won, actually? <laughs> We've won a flat 100%. Okay, all right. <laughs> So you're Good saying luck. there's a chance. <laughs> uh, great. Uh, this has been awesome. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. It was yeah, a lot man. of fun. Uh, I feel like, you know, a disappointing outing as far as the trivia goes, but, uh, you know, it just... At least we all learned something. We all yes. learned that Val Kilmer was in a movie called Sultan of Something, so... <laughs> and you now you now know about uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, it's a good movie. No, you check it out. Yeah. no I like <laughs> seriously. People who know me will be very very disappointed that I just blanked on it. That hey, was we bizarre. got one of them on the line right here. If you need it's, me, it's literally. <laughs> are we taking callers? Uh, it's oh, you don't want to hear them <laughs> in my top ten of all time. Like. That's how bad that was. Just, it makes me even more disappointed. yourself the whole man. We get no, it. No, I want people to know. I want people to know. All right. Where can the listeners find you guys? Uh, yeah, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, the Film Inquiry Podcast Network. We've got episodes coming out every week. John Mark puts out an episode every week because he is truly dedicated. I do one every other week. And then you can also find my work at... Uh, in session film i write over there as well as do the podcast and filminquiry.com is a great website for all your movie reviews news trailers blah 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 blah. yeah you can find me on twitter at john mark junkins uh like jay said i put out an episode every week after this episode drops be on the lookout a, a day or two afterwards for the final episode in my 50 years of horror series we're talking hereditary the most recent horror great and classic excellent can't wait for that one Nice. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And you can follow the podcast at Film Inquiry Pod on Twitter. Forgot to do that important plug. <laughs> of course. <Yeah. laughs> All right, Jay, John, Mark, thank you very much for coming on today. Thanks We've so had much, an absolute guys. blast. Thanks so much, guys. Can't wait to be the first one that be- takes you down in the poll. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> and thanks for getting my name right, by the way. People always just call me John, so good job for actually getting it right. Well, I did at the start, but you guys, you guys subtly corrected oh, me. okay. I didn't even realize it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Y'all have a good one. Uh, bye. All right, bye. Later. Bye. All right, let's get into... That's my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked you is, what is your favorite remake? First one here from Paul from the Countdown Podcast. The Thing, of course. All other answers are wronger than Mr. Wrong on the wrongest day of his wrong, wrong life. Gee, I'd love to comment on this, but I just haven't seen The Thing. <laughs> From film strippers, I find myself constantly defending the Evil Dead remake. It's a gem. JD from the In Session Film Podcast couldn't give us one answer. It was too much of a tough question for him, but he's gone with The Thing, His Girl Friday, True Grit, Heat are all films that stand out to him. He also likes King Kong as well. Yeah, I saw a a couple of King Kong mentions on this, surprisingly, I must say. Hmm, yeah. 
From naming a movie podcast is hard, the remake of Parent Trap is an important movie, film, and piece of art. Friend of the podcast, Gidget Von LaRue, has gone with a couple of answers here. She's gone with The Thing, Scarface, The Ring, and Cape Fear. Hmm. Mac the Ripper's gone The Thing, no question. Gee, I really should watch this Thing movie. I think you should. Mm. Might be something I need to do. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you really take years off my life. It's just too easy. <laughs> <laughs> the Feel and Film podcast said The Departed, but True Grit and Insomnia are really close behind. Patreon Ben Mulvihill has gone Peter Jackson's King Kong. Recreating a classic was never going to be easy, but a great score, epic action sequences, and good direction make it a standout. Side Effect one-tenth said The Great Gatsby. Hmm, fair call. Yeah. From David Fernandez, True Grit, and 310 to Yuma, get my votes. Both excellent remakes of some pretty average 1960s westerns. The Alamo is another. John Wayne was good in the original, but it certainly wasn't a classic. The 2002 remake is a much better film with more depth. And the last one here from The Sinner House, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. More than just a comedy with fun bits, not only about a man daydreaming, but also really gets down to essence of how we long for adventure and more out of life. The original was classic fun, but really just a showcase for actor Danny Kaye. Thank you very much for your responses there, everyone, and to everyone we didn't give a shout-out to. But, Dean, it's time for our Top 5 Remakes. Here we go. Who wants to go first? Why don't you go first, my friend? All right, I'm going to kick things off with a, a very popular remake, I would think. Although, one that hasn't been mentioned yet, Ocean's Eleven. Interesting. That is my number five, too. Really? Yes. There you go. So what do we throw back to you? Number four, Dean. My number four is the talented Mr. Ripley. Okie doke. Interesting choice there. My number four is Heat. Very nice choice. My number three is Casino Royale. Interesting choice there again. My number three... Hey, hey, let's go first, okay? Very nice, very nice. Number two, Heat. Ah, I just mentioned that, which is interesting because you've already mentioned my number two, Casino Royale. And I'm pretty sure we both have the same number one. Well, what is it, Dean? It's The Departed. The Departed, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Big fans of The Departed. Yep, massive. All right, let's take a look at the results for our Elite Eight in the best director tournament we have going here. First match... Christopher Nolan beats Akira Kurosawa 63% to 37%. Glad Akira Kurosawa got a fair bit of uh, love there. It's good. In the next match, we had Alfred Hitchcock defeating Stanley Kubrick 59% to 41%. Now, we actually chose Stanley Kubrick to win this match. And it's even worse for me because I picked Kubrick to win the whole thing. So this kind of broke my bracket, really. Nice. Yeah, so it's going to be a little difficult for me. I I need to get it. Precise. I think there's only one specific way that this can go for me to win now. Really? So we'll see what happens in the final four. Gee, it's good to see Hitchcock getting a lot of love. All right, match 27 here. Steven Spielberg takes out the Cinderella Boys, Joel and Ethan Cohen, 69% to 31%. No surprises there. Well done, Cohen, though. You made it a fair way through. You did mention earlier well, on. Yeah, that means that our close one is the Tarantino Scorsese one. Yeah. 51% to the victor. I had Tarantino on my bracket winning it. I also had Tarantino. Okay, what do we got? Here we go. Oh, yep. And we were both right. Tarantino, 51% over Martin Scorsese, 49%. Closest match so far. That's crazy. Yeah, insane. So, we will give out the matches for the final four next week. 
since we have our draft this week. Yeah, I can't wait to see the final four matches. They're going to be epic. Oh, they will. So we're going to take another short break here, give you some more podcast promos, and we'll be back on the other side with what else we've been watching. Your guide to cinema etiquette for the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. Tip 21. If your portable telephone rings whilst you're enjoying a film, it is a dick move to answer your telephone and speak at a normal volume during the screening. Instead, exit the cinema and return the call in private. It should have been off anyway, f***head! For more useful cinema etiquette, join Paul and Wayne on the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast at Podomatic on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second to thank you all for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show, to get our name out there, and there are a couple of ways you could help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. You know, let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and all the other podcast catches you can search for, we're probably on there. And hey, if you find one we're not on, let us know so we can fix it. You can contact us on Twitter at IMDB Journey, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash IMDB Journey, our Letterboxd page at letterboxd.com slash IMDB Journey, or you can email us at imdbjourney at gmail.com. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. Or if you're really loving the content and are looking for more, then why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, breaking down other films not on the IMDb Top 250. Yeah, that's right. What have we got coming up this week, Kendo? Well, we're back on the Wes Anderson series this week, and we're on to his seventh film, Moonrise Kingdom. Woo! Yeah, it should be an interesting one indeed. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash imdbjourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. Hi, this is Drew Martin. And I'm Roy King. And we're part of a weekly movie podcast called Coming Off the Reels, where we discuss everything from the newest releases to our childhood favorites. We'll also break down specific years, directors, actors, and genres. We may not always stay on topic, we rarely do, but we always circle back to our love of movies. You can learn more about us on our website, comingoffthereels.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and anywhere else your podcasts like to hide. And follow us on Twitter, at Off The Reels, for weekly battle polls, movie haikus, and a whole lot more. So if you're looking for a new movie podcast, and I know you are, give us a try. Okay, as always with this part of the podcast, we will not be spoiling the following films we speak about, so... Have no fear. All right, Dean. Another fortnight down. How many films have you watched? I've actually watched 10 movies this fortnight. It's been a busy little fortnight for me. Nice, nice. What about you? I saw eight. Shit ass. <laughs> All right. Why don't you talk for a little bit, Dean? What's your number 10 film? Uh, my number 10 film is The Kindergarten Teacher. Okay. I'm interested to see this. Uh, number 10. Interesting. So low. See, because I don't know... Like, you're all over rankings and what the reception of all these movies are. I normally know very little about films before I watch them these days, which I love, honestly. So, I had no expectations going into this film. This film stars Maggie Gyllenhaal. She's basically a kindergarten teacher who gets a bit, um, I think obsessed, not the right word, a bit enamoured with one of her kindergarten students um, with his ability to write poetry. Basically, okay. the plot of the film. All right. 
Now, I give this film two stars off the bat. Mm. So, it's just, there's not, it's not that I hated watching it. Honestly, I wasn't bored at all watching it. It's not boring. The plot just does not really go anywhere. There's not any standout scenes. Maggie Gyllenhaal is fine, but she's just her. Like, she's not anything special. I never, I didn't watch it and think, damn, she gave a great performance. The kid in it seems quite disinterested. That is somewhat his character, but when you've got a kid like that, you sort of feel like, gee, they don't really have to act much here. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, as I said, it wasn't boring, though. I didn't mind watching it. I wouldn't recommend it, though. Okay. I'm still probably going to watch it. Yeah, that's fine. So, yeah. is it getting positive reviews? No, I'm not sure the exact reception it's been getting. I've just heard a little bit about it, so I've been interested to see it. Fair enough. All right. We'll bring it back to you. Number nine. Number nine. Juliet Naked. Again, another film I'm interested in seeing. Okay, I mean, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Go see it. Um, this film is not great, though. Why don't you explain to the listeners what the film's about? Though? Okay, Juliet Naked stars Ethan Hawke and Rose Byrne. Basically, Rose Byrne's husband is obsessed with a, a rock star from back in the day, played by Ethan Hawke, who has basically been MIA for many, many years. Mm-hmm. What transpires, though, is that Rose Byrne comes into contact with this rock star and they start to form a relationship. That's the plot of the film. Okay. This film is not bad. Like, this is very close to a recommend. It just didn't get there for me. Okay. Again, like, like sometimes I start these in the bottom films, especially as I've got 10 movies, you'd expect I'd seen some bad films. It's not bad. Like, I was never bored watching it. Ethan Hawke's pretty good in it. Rose Byrne is Rose Byrne. What do you think of her as an actress? One note. Yeah. Extremely one note. But that one note isn't bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think she's, she suits the ensemble cast very well, like mm-hmm. A Bridesmaid, for example. Yeah. I liked her in that. Even going way back, Two Hands, I, I did enjoy her performance in that. But when she's the lead, oh, she's the main character in this film, mm. a lot rests on her and it just, like, she's okay. She's okay. Okay. What do you think of her? Yeah, I don't mind her. She she doesn't stand out to me. No. Like, yeah, she's always that supporting person. She sits on that B-grade actress level very yeah. well. Yeah. So, you said to, so you said that she's the lead in this. She's the main character by okay, a mile. That, that, that might be like her first lead, wouldn't it? Huh. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, okay. It's, it's told almost entirely from her point of view. So, it's definitely her film. The relationship that that begins to form between Rose Byrne and Ethan Hawke, it's interesting. And what... Probably the, the thing I liked most about this film is it's quite original. I can't think of any other film that actually handles this pretty weird plot where you've got a wife who's forming a relationship with her husband's, like, idol, like, yeah. hero. And the way that they all play together, there's some some pretty funny and almost awkward scenes that come around from this. It's It's a fine movie, you know? But you wouldn't recommend it? I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. Which means I'm probably going to watch it. Oh, you definitely... <laughs> I, you're definitely going to watch it. Yeah. I recommend you watch it because I, I think you, you want me to swoop in no, with, no, no, with I my think awesome uh, knowledge and convince you that it actually is a good film to come in and tell you that the, the bits you've missed. I'd be shocked if you gave this three and a half or higher. I'll okay. put it that way. It's a very standard middle of the road film. Okay. And it's fine. I don't mind. You, not every film you watch is going to be, oh my God, that was amazing. No, of course I'm just not. glad that I'm watching films that are from this year that aren't, oh, my God, this is terrible. I've had a fairly bad run lately, and this fortnight, it's a pretty strong fortnight. Well, even the last fortnight, you had a ton of films you loved. 
All right, Hendo, your turn. What's your number eight film? My number eight film is The Spy Who Dumped Me. Hmm. So is this a direct ripoff of the Bond film? The title is. Is the movie? Is it about spies? You yeah. look at me like I know something about I know nothing about this film. Oh, okay. I thought you might have known a little bit about this film. I've seen the poster. Okay, yeah. Well, it stars Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon. Justin Theroux is in it too. Love Justin Theroux. You won't love him in this. And it's basically... <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the quick plot is about two best friends who are unwittingly entangled in an international conspiracy when one of the women discovers that her boyfriend who dumped her was actually a spy. And essentially, hijinks ensue after that. It's not funny. It's meant to be. Yes, it is. supposed to be a comedy. It is not. The action they have in it is lame. It's very boring. I don't think I laughed in the slightest at any point. If a comedy doesn't make me laugh, it turns to, it turns out to be a terrible, terrible film. Mm. And that's really all you can say about this film. Like, if it's not funny, it's not good. That's the end of it. Yep. So don't see this film because it's not funny. Okay. All right, we've got a couple of reviews here for The Spy Who Dumped Me. One from the Unlucky Ones who said, Is it possible to have a worse title than this movie? <laughs> Another one here from Jimmy Roberts. It surprised me how funny it was. Ooh. <laughs> Kate McKinnon has come a long way since joining Saturday Night Live. The story wasn't too much like Spy as I expected. My only problem is that I can't watch Mila Kunis without picturing Meg from Family Guy. I have that problem a little too. Really? Yeah, especially in this film. Every time you talked, I was ready to go, shut up, Meg. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> All right, Dean, what's your number eight? My number eight film is First Man. Here we go. Six, five, four, three, two. Do you question whether the program's worth the cost in money and in lives? You're down here and you look up and you don't think about it too much, but space exploration changes your perception. And it allows us to see things that we should have seen a long time ago. We have serious problems. We've got this under control. You're a bunch of boys. You don't have anything under control. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's do it. All right. Well, well, well. Seems Damien Chazelle could not pull out the hat trick. Just to set this up, Whiplash and La La Land for me, easy five stars. I love those two movies. I was very much looking forward to this film. First Man, as I'm sure most of you know, is a biopic about Neil Armstrong and his journey to landing on the moon. This film has flaws. Firstly, the pacing. This is an extremely slow film. It starts off relatively strong, but the middle chunk of this is a melodramatic look at Armstrong's family life. It's slow and boring. The performance from Gosling is dull. So we get usual quiet mode Gosling here, and it comes off in this film as just so mild. I have no idea what Neil Armstrong was like in real life. He's like this. Okay, I've seen this movie too. Okay, let's get that out there. We're going to talk about this together. Yep. I do not have this... This low. Yep. Okay. I like the performance because this is a man who is right into his job. He's so focused on being an astronaut and trying to get to the moon. This is this is his character. 
He's not this over-bombastic, needs-to-be-acting style. He's a stoic man. Yeah, I get that. But we're talking about someone who's trying to get to the moon. Yeah. Someone who has ambition. Gosling brings no sense of ambition to this character. There's no passion from him. It's such a hollow performance for me. Because that is the man. He is so focused on the job. You just said he was ambitious. I'm saying he shows none of that. The character of Neil, or the man of Neil Armstrong, this is him. He isn't, he isn't this out there kind of person. I'm not saying I needed someone out there. He just shows nothing in this film. Just because he's not showing standard acting chops doesn't mean he's not portraying a character who is you know who is ambitious hmm. you talk about the okay i'm 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 getting I'm, i don't know why i'm getting defensive i don't think this is a, an amazing film okay this is this isn't like my number one of the week or anything like that what, what rating do you give it two and a half a two and a half okay i gave it three and a half okay okay so yeah I, i'm i don't know why i'm getting so defensive you're like, getting very worked up okay but like in terms of, of his performance i disagree with that i actually think his performance is pretty good I also think that while it is, yeah, slow in the middle, the story is about him and his family. He's, it's first man. It's, it's not about the actual trip to the moon. It's about the man himself. Yeah, I get okay? that. And I can see what you're saying where it definitely drags in the middle. You're probably expecting a lot more. Do you think that the fact that Whiplash and La La Land are so amazing yep. that your expectations were through the roof for this film, where nothing was ever going to be able to... To meet them. I knew you would say that. Yeah. And there may be some of that. But going into it, honestly, I wasn't like, I wasn't expecting five stars. I wasn't expecting something that would blow me away. It's just, I'll be honest, I started dozing off in this film. Wow, really? I, I saw it at cinemas and I have not started to doze off in a film at cinemas in years. Like, honestly, oh, I- this film was so boring for me. I just, I was genuinely shocked. At how slow this film was. Um, I didn't think that at all. I thought it was a good story that I did. Like I said, it's not amazing. It never bored me though. I was, oh, I was engaged. Very boring. I will say though, I'm being quite negative. I don't give it zero stars. No, of course the not. The actual scenes of astronauts in space, more in particular in spacecraft, is filmed in a very claustrophobic way. Yeah. Which I really appreciated. Yeah. Most of the shots are actually from the character's direct point of view. And there are moments of entire darkness, which I imagine would be very accurate for what the astronauts would actually see. But the extreme shaky cam, which again is probably accurate, like they're shaking nonstop, but it did get on my nerves eventually. And I found myself just praying for a long shot of the shuttles at points. Anything? No, I didn't, I didn't think that at all. Okay. You can tell though, a massive amount of research was obviously done to make this film. There's a lot of maths going on, and technically, I'm guessing it would be quite accurate. Did I learn something watching this film? Yes, I did, of course. But I came away depressed about the moon landing, not excited. This is one of the most pivotal moments in, like, mankind in terms of, you know, technological achievements, and I just came away so sad about it. How did you How did you feel leaving the cinema? Well, I think I went into the movie thinking something different. I... I went into it knowing this was going to be about Neil Armstrong and not about the the moon landing. I mean the moon landing is the is the end goal. It's not the it's not the journey. The journey is Neil Armstrong himself mm. and the efforts he has to go to get there. Mm. You, you do mention a lot that you didn't you don't watch trailers, you don't you don't you try to go in with as little information as possible. Mm-hmm. Did you go in thinking that the moon landing was going to be a huge thing in this film or expecting it to be? I honestly I hadn't given it much thought. Okay. I just I just thought it would be a biopic about Neil Armstrong. That's okay. it. Like, you talk a lot about expectations. I don't think 
my expectations have changed this film that much. Maybe had I gone in there thinking it was going to be bad, maybe I'd pull a three-star out for... I mean, this film is made very well. Like, the sound design, the editing. Like, I can see this film scoring a bunch of Oscar nominations for all this technical stuff. You don't think it's going to get any wins? I wouldn't argue against any of that stuff. Like, technically, I think it's made very, very well. But for me as a person on an enjoyment level of watching a film, did I enjoy this experience? Not really. Okay. Fair enough. I I enjoyed it. I think it was fine. Obviously not, you know, to the level of Whiplash and La La Land. Yeah, of course. I, I had a fun time with it. I liked the story. I liked Ryan Gosling's performance. Claire Foy, I mean, I, I, I don't know too much about her acting in that. I've, I haven't seen The, the crown. crown. The Crown is very good. No, I haven't seen that. Other than that, there wasn't really many standouts in terms of acting. It is, it is like mostly Ryan Gosling. Like, he is front and center. It's obviously, clearly it's about him. I must say, I did really enjoy Corey Stoll's performance as Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, he was, he, good. he was a, a, a breath of fresh air in this film as someone who, was definitely more open and honest about what was going on. So, I, I did like him. And that is good contrast to the stoicness of Neil Armstrong. Yeah, it is. Yeah. No, okay, fair enough. All right. After that heated discussion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we had a couple of reviews from you, the listeners. Let's start off with Corey Tatum. Kind of a snooze fest. Thank you, Corey. The film is full of tragedy and not fun at all. It's drained of exhilaration and excitement of what a space exploration film usually is. I do, however, like the cinematography, and I really enjoyed the score of this film. Thank you, Corey. Thank you very much, Corey. From Matthew McCabe, First Man was indeed slow. But, as the title states, it's not about the event we know so much about. It's instead the men and women who were involved in the Apollo program thus showing us the early NASA astronauts were and are human beings with common worries just like all of us. Thank you very much, Matt. Well said, Matt. And lastly, from Noah Pate, First Man was absolutely fantastic. It took an accomplishment from American history that looks so easy in hindsight and showed us the real stakes and sacrifice. Yeah, thank you very much for those reviews, guys. All right, what was your number seven for the week? My number seven is Mile 22. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch this. Yep, and much like what you said to me before, I wouldn't recommend this at all. Okay. It's just so generic. It's just one of those terrible generic action films. It's so thrilling. Is it serious? Yeah. So it's not like fun like Skyscraper. No. No, this is it's a Peter Berg film. He's done a lot of collaborations with uh Mark Wahlberg over the years. He's done Lone Survivor, Deepwater Horizon, Patriots oh, okay. Day. Yep. Yeah. Some uh, of them are all right. Yeah, some of them. Actually, I think all three of them are all right. I didn't get into Lone Survivor, but I did like the other two. Fair enough. This one is definitely the worst of the four. It's, yeah, I think it takes itself too seriously. Mark Wahlberg is basically Dignum from The Departed, only way over the top. I would love a Dignum movie. <laughs> that would be amazing, <laughs> yes! wouldn't it? But this is like, this is like a, a bad Dignum impression. Not possible. Not possible. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, he's so, he's not good in this film. Like, I've seen him do some good acting before, but not in this. He's so over the top. It's it's kind of annoying at points. Action's not good at all. It's too shaky. Like, too many quick edits. Like, the fight scenes are like, cut, 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 cut. And I'm like, what? I can't understand what's happening here. Mm. I hope I don't say his name wrong here. Eco Wace. Eco what? You heard me. Wace? Yeah, good enough. Weiss? You know him from the Raid films, which you love. I know you love the Raid films. I don't love the Raid films. Oh, sorry. That's me. I love the Raid is films. Is he the main character? In the Raid. Yeah, he is in both films. He's the main guy. 
Okay. He's in this film. They brought him over to an American film. He couldn't bring himself over? Nah. <laughs> he's in this film and he's doing exactly what he does in those raid films, like the, the very stylish choreographed martial arts stuff, except they just butcher it in this film. Like with the raid films, they're long takes. They're, they're great action. This is just snap, 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 snap. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get involved in this film. John Malkovich is in it with this weird wig. He looks ridiculous. Standing behind a computer and barking orders at everyone. Mm. And the ending is just trash. It's so bad. Is this a true story? No. Well, the other three are, aren't they? Okay, yeah, I apologise for that. No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I do (laughs) apologise. I think that's a fair question. Yeah, it is a fair question. No, as far as I know, this is not a true story. If it was a true story, it's ridiculous. Okay. But I I don't think this is a good film at all. I don't think you should watch it. You probably will. I know you will. I definitely will. And you'll agree with me on the next podcast. Hello, you didn't like Skyscraper. I can I can appreciate the funness with Skyscraper. The, the slapstick okay. nonsense. Yep. This, is, this is not... This is playing as realistic. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, this will be interesting. All right. What, Dean, is your number seven? My number seven is a film from this year that I know you've already watched, The Director and the Jedi. Ah, the Star Wars documentary. Yes. So, this is a fine documentary about the making of The Last Jedi, which was... A pretty polarizing Star Wars film, to say the least. You were on the positive side. The yeah, very positive I, side. I loved it. I loved The yeah. Last Jedi. Where did it end up on your list? Like number four, three for the year? Yeah, definitely top five. Yeah, cool. Um, I was definitely, considering how much I liked The Last Jedi, I was definitely looking forward to this. I was, And this was an interesting and enjoyable film for me to sit through. It captures the ridiculous scope of what Ryan Johnson set out to achieve and some of the challenges he faced, which, to be honest, were fairly minimal coming away from this film. There's no huge onset drama or real setbacks. I feel like a lot more films would have much more interesting stories to tell. Where's that Terminator Salvation documentary? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, give me that. (laughs) But this was good because I like seeing Star Wars stuff. Yeah. On any other level? Not really. Like, I'm surprised this actually was released as a full-on documentary. There's, I went in watching it expecting, like, I'd heard that Mark Hamill was not happy with um, Ryan Johnson, how he was treating his character. And yes, that's discussed, but it's there's no fight. There's no argument. He's just like, yeah, I didn't agree with it, but he's the boss and I do what he says. That's pretty much all it was. And you're sort of watching, I'm like, is there going to be something big, Some maybe some big revelation or something? It's basically just... He's this newcomer to the franchise. He's got this in massive, massive thing to do. Like, let's not sell short how massive this production is. And everything goes really smoothly. I really feel like due to the backlash from the movie from certain people, they've probably whipped this up to say, but look how good it is. They look what, And even having the Mark Hamill, they're not going to have a, a, a Star Wars made documentary about Star Wars with Mark Hamill trashing it. Mm. I, I think a lot of this is very meticulously put together. But I think it's... Coming off the back of watching Jim and Andy last week, where there actually was huge onset issues, watching this is like, oh, okay, is that it? But as I said, it's Star Wars, and I was interested in watching it. And I think you are obviously the target demographic here. This is this was very much made for Star Wars fans. Yeah, and for me, I give it three stars. Like it's it's good, cool. All right, watch another six film for the Fortnite. Teen Titans go to the movies. Okay, not a fan. Yeah, I didn't think you would be. Nah, I did far too old and grouchy to appreciate a film. <laughs> How dare you? Get off my lawn. <laughs> With such levity and fun to it. Get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I, guess I didn't get some of the humour. I didn't get some of the jokes. I'm not... Uh, They're quite clever. <laughs> 
maybe if you had me explain a few of them to you, you would appreciate it more. I don't know. Like, it just it just didn't appeal to me. I honestly, I joke, but I can see that. I feel like this is a very niche um, market that would like this film. Yeah. And especially with adults, I think you're either in or you're not. Uh, that's what I was thinking when I was watching. I'm like, I can see the appeal. Yeah. But it, yeah, it wasn't for me. Like, yeah, a couple of chuckles throughout the film. I did, I did laugh at some stuff. Good, but a lot of it just fell flat for me. Mm-hmm. I did love the voice of Nick Cage as Superman. Yeah, which is interesting because he was actually down to play Superman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In the um, was it Kevin Smith directed film? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. Superman sure. Lives. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. nice little callback there. Yeah, he finally got his Superman role. Hmm. Nah. Um. Nah. I pass. Okay. Fair call for you. All right, a couple of reviews here. One from, again, Jimmy Roberts. Very, very good. Only watched it for my six-year-old, but as a lover of DC Comics, it was brilliant. Genuinely funny, too. Hmm, I hear you, man. Another one here from cha cha Chad. It's a fun romp that kids can enjoy, comic book nerds can enjoy, if they allow themselves, and hipster art fans can enjoy. One here from Corey Tatum. Teen Titans, it's so meta and self-aware. So much fun. I had a smile on my face the entire time. They use different animation styles at different times and references galore. So many characters and things to look at in the background too. The Back to the Future reference was so amazing. I will admit I did like the Back to the Future reference. That was great. And over on our letterbox page, one from Dale. I loved it. Juvenile as it is, it's clearly made with passion for comics and we very rarely get traditionally animated feature releases anymore, which is a shame. And one here from our patron, Ben Mulverhill. Most of the jokes aren't funny and they border on annoying most of the time. Then again, I am not the target audience. Sounds like you. Yes. Okay, Dean, tell us your number six. Okay, my number six is, again, a film from this year that you have seen a fair while ago, I think now, Thoroughbreds. Mm, very long time ago, actually. Really? Months and months and months and months ago. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> I finally got Randall watching it. Uh, for those that don't know, this is basically a film about two rich white girls who start to plan to murder one of their stepdads, I think. Pretty much. Yep. This film is pretty basic in its plot. Um, I did really, really like the performances, though. But more than that, I really like the look of this film. The cinematography, I thought, was pretty fantastic. And when you have a film that's so great to look at every frame, you find yourself overlooking a few of the, you know, lesser, lesser parts of the film. Mm-hmm. It wasn't long. As I said, the performances were great, and the ending was not predictable for me, so kudos there. Yeah, fair enough. That's pretty much what I thought. I'll give it three and a half. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. good. It's a good film. All right, under your number five now. My number five is Sorry to Bother You. Oh, nice. So, I saw this one last week. Keen yep. to hear what you thought of it. Pretty much exactly what you thought. Really? Yeah. You didn't buy into the last act? No, it, it went off the rails it for me. really did. It, it didn't need to. Even even I was, like, even though I was expecting it, yeah, and it come up and all the stuff happened, I was like, really, yeah. Uh, but the first two thirds, you said it was like amazing and fantastic. Could have been more, like you know, plus four stars. I didn't think it was even that good. I felt like probably in a pinch, this would have turned out to be a three and a half for me. It's a three for me. It just passes. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Pretty solid in his acting. I'll give him that. Yeah, I, I really liked good. him. He's yeah. really charismatic. Tessa Thompson is always good. No, I really think all my positivity I had towards it just got, you know, blown out by that last part. That's all it's I can insane. think about. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, man, because you're right. When you finish the film, you're not thinking about the very realistic and down-to-earth first two-thirds. All you're thinking is a batshit crazy end of it, like, 
Gee, I wish they hadn't have done that. Yeah. All right. Some more reviews for Sorry to Bother You. One from The Blood Buddies, who said, probably my top pick for movie of the year. There you go. One from The Casual Cinecast. It's a film that is probably more fun to think about than talk about. It reminds me a lot of what Goddard was doing in the 70s in terms of just pure, blunt anger. And our last one here from TV and Film Throwbacks with D. I like the screenplay and acting for sure. The movie as a whole was a bit underwhelming for me. Perhaps due to some overhyping by some friends, but it's for sure worth checking out. Hmm. Okay, Dean, hit us with your number five. Not another teen movie. That's too low. Really? I love not another teen movie. Jesus, what do you give it? Uh, four. I'm pretty sure. I'll give it three and a half. Yeah, there's, some good, there's some good films coming up. <laughs> uh, not another teen movie. I, I mean, what's there to say? It's a very funny parody of a lot of the teen comedies um, around the 2000s era. What made you watch that? Was it on Netflix? You scroll through your Netflix one night? Your standard uh, Dean Netflix scroll? I don't know. I, I don't know. I was thinking about it and I mentioned it to Brit and she was keen as to watch it. So As she should be because yeah, it's awesome. so we watched it and I mean, it's really funny. Such an easy watch. And it's like it's this full-on parody film that's not stupid. No, of course. No, it's like so many. It's so easy for these parody films to cross that line into stupidity. This one doesn't do that at all. It's, I mean, Chris Evans is the main character. You can't go wrong there. <laughs> the jokes, they hold up. Yeah. And I have not seen a number of the references. Like, that was actually a benefit of watching it with um, my wife is that she's seen them all and she was explaining them all to me. Like, this is straight from this. This is from this. But even having not seen a lot of them, or not a lot, a few of them, I still really enjoyed it. It's very funny. Story as old as time. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. Yeah, it's, it's great. very good. So funny. Got a review here from Naming a Movie Podcast is Hard Again. <laughs> Chris Evans is in Not Another Team Movie, and that's surprising every time it plays. Fair enough. I guess that's a positive review. Sounds like it. Hmm. How could you not like Chris Evans? You can't. Thank you for your input there. Well, what did you want me to say? Nothing would have been better. We don't need to move to my number four because it's first man. On to you for your number four. My number four is Thunder Road. Thunder Road, another film I'm eager to see. Been hanging for, for a while now. So Thunder Road is about a police officer who faces a personal meltdown following a divorce and the death of his mother. So, Thunder Road is written, produced, directed, and starring Jim Cummings. The first time I actually ever heard of this film, I was going through Reddit, and I saw everyone was talking to this guy who had posted about it, and it was actually Jim Cummings, who's very active on Reddit, promoting his film. And it was- social media on. Yeah, like, he was, he was, he was replying to almost every single post. It was- it was very refreshing. I was like, holy shit, this is the actual guy. I thought this was- Did you post to him? Did you ask him a question? No, I did not. I oh, thought this- you're soft. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dean from the IMDb Jenny yeah. Podcast. <laughs> if you would like anyone in your next film, please give me a call. <laughs> um, I thought this was going to be, honestly, some crappy, like, very indie, weird and boring film. Honestly, that's what I was expecting. Then why'd you watch it? Uh, it was there. That is your response to everything when I say, why'd you watch it? It was there. Well, because I know very little about most movies, so it's not like I have huge expectations or, like, why do I watch it? Because it's a 2018 movie. That's why I watched it. Why don't you ask me first? Hey, I'm going to watch Thunder Road. And I'll be like, yeah, I've heard some good stuff about that. Check that one out. Or, hey, I'm going to watch The Basement. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Hey, I don't mind watching The Basement because it makes every other film look fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, Thunder Road, it's it's really good. Yep. Jim Cummings is the reason this film is so good. And I don't, I, obviously, he did everything in this film, <laughs> but his performance is amazing. Like, really, really great. And there's a long opening montage where he's at his mother's funeral. And it's my understanding that he first made a short film, and it was just this scene. Went to Sundance, won some awards, and then he made this full film, which again went to Sundance and won an award again. Did Jim try that? He did. We're, we're close You're friends on, on Reddit. Reddit buddies now. Mm. It's real. Like, it's... Uh, it's real, but it's batshit crazy at the same time. Yeah. I just can't, like, thinking about it now, I'm thinking about what I liked about this film. I just keep going back to Jim Cummings. He's, he's perfect in this film. Seriously, I'm so looking forward to hear what you have to say for it, because I think you'll really like it. It's never slow, like, ever, ever slow. It's grounded. It's, it's got real emotion and real feelings in it. And to see the pain that some of these characters are going through is, man, it's, rewarding yeah. honestly it is a rewarding experience nice yeah i'm trying to think what i don't like about it and i see number four is that right yeah it's my number four wow yeah number four interesting yeah. you'll love it honestly you will well you'll bloody hear about it when i don't all right <laughs> no you will it actually made back it's two hundred thousand budget and then some in its first week playing in 67 theaters nice in france in france how random <laughs> <laughs> Nah, good on him. I love seeing just this this guy living his dream as well. And when you watch it, you you really are aware that this is this is just some guy. This is not some Hollywood big shot. This is a guy who's just has this passion. He's been writing this movie for years, probably, and to see it all come to to fruition and to be successful. I think it's like ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment. Okay. Impressive. Nice. Like, I just, I'm really happy for this guy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, this, this could be us, you know, making a movie and it just killing, not that we would be able to do it. I'm not, I don't mean that. I just mean, this is just some guy and he's so good. Well, maybe we'll get him on the podcast for an interview. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On to your number three. My number three is Bad Times at the El Royale. It's a game. It all starts with a simple choice. Would you mind opening the door? No, I ain't gonna do that. Which side are you on? Right, wrong, God or no God, red or black? I've done horrible things. So everybody. Shit happens. Get the whiskey. initially finished watching this I gave it a three but thinking about it and just and just going through it in my mind I, I changed it to a three and a half okay there is there is issues with the film it's boring it's boring at points a lot of what I'm hearing is it's just too long the pacing is the biggest problem hmm doesn't need to go for that long. But I had a lot of fun with it. The characters, the characters are the, are the big part of this. They're all unique and snappy. The dialogue's pretty solid here. It is a semi-pulp fiction ripoff. Mm. I actually got a bit of identity out of it as well. Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Bridges is great in the film. You can tell he's just coming and he's just having a blast. Yep. Chris Hemsworth is fun. In it. He's, yeah, he's in it. It's, it's a fun role for girl Chris Hemsworth. I mean, he's fun in everything. Yeah, Look but at this, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, but he's Thor in that, and like that's that's part of that Thor humor. But this film, he's come in and he's he's playing something completely different to what we're obviously used to. 
There yeah. are a couple of plot points that don't go anywhere, but the ones that do go to the end are really good. I think it is a good mystery that they have going here. It keeps you guessing a lot. There is a pretty intense scene about three quarters of the way through it that really gets you on the edge of your seat. The ending is fine. Like I said, like a couple of negatives in there, but overall, I did have a lot of fun with this film. It is enjoyable. I recommend you go watch it. Okay, yeah, that's one that I was probably gonna go see at the movies, but you can go either way with it. Like, you... yeah, I- I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it. At yeah, this point. I- and I don't blame you. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's just, it's gonna be exactly how it is at the movies than it is at home. Like, yep, you can wait for enough. this one and see it at home. Yeah, I'll wait. Okay, a couple of reviews here for Bad Times at the El Royale. One from Professor's podcast. Bad Times at the El Royale is like a perfect movie in the first half and a lame, predictable mess after Thor showed up. Eh, I disagree with that. I don't think it got that bad. It's a ringing endorsement. You don't think it got that bad. And another one here from Jimmy Roberts. I went in with high hopes, but was sorely disappointed. Acting was good all the way, though. Some well-thought-out bizarre characters, but it was about an hour too long. Disjointed is not a big enough word for how it felt. It was slow, then loads happened, then it was very slow. And another one here from Quinn Jupiter. Pretty great flick. Some pretty powerful performances, humor, shock, and violence, all perfectly framed by the absurdity of it all. Thank you very much for your reviews. So, Dean, what is your number three? My number three is a film that you got me to watch this fortnight. And I'm sad to say I didn't watch the film you made me watch. Are you serious? Yeah, I didn't get the time. You are the shittest bloke. <laughs> were you, you expect- really are. Were you expecting Beast of No Nations to be so high up there? In my yeah, I was. Spot? I was actually. I was like, oh, he hasn't said Beast of No Nation yet. It's going to yeah. be high. You watch after no one. You're like, but you didn't say. You're saying there's like a one plus Beast of No Nation. All right. King of Comedy is, of course, what I'm talking about. Yes. King of Comedy, Scorsese, De Niro film that I hadn't had the chance of seeing. So that sounds criminal. I have no idea why. <laughs> like, it's it's great. Yes. It's really, really good. Um, De Niro is so different in this film. Isn't he? Like, he's, you're so used to him being this big commanding presence, and here he's, he's a loser. Yep. Like, he is this just dead set lost soul who is obsessed with someone to the point where he's gonna just gonna behave in ways that aren't natural and to see him just crumble again and again but what i love is that he shows the hope so genuinely every time he gets close to talking to his idol in this film he's just so earnest yeah he just can't believe that things aren't going his own way at some points and that is you know this hero of his would act certain ways and it's very reminiscent of Taxi Driver. Now, it's nowhere near as good. Of course not. But to even have that connection mm. to a film like that, it brings it up. And to have it directed by Scorsese, it's just, it's a great film. I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. And yeah, I'm surprised I hadn't seen it. Now, I think you said it was better than Casino. It doesn't quite get there for me, but it is nonetheless a very good film. Excellent. Okay, we've got a review here on Letterboxd from Josephine Olnitz. De Niro has never been sadder than here. And I mean that in a good way. Very good. Well said. All right, what's your number two film? My number two is A Star Is Born. Maybe it's time to let the old ways down. Maybe it's time to let the old ways down. Takes a lot to change, man. Hell, it takes a lot to try. You know, man, in the old days, 
I always knew like you were gonna do something, that you'd be all right. It's the first time I'm worried about you. Can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. In all the good times, I find myself longing. Yeah, I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed and overjoyed at what I saw from this film. I think the acting is superb. In particular, Bradley Cooper. I think his portrayal of Jackson Maine was fantastic. Okay, I've also seen this film, and this film is also on my list. It's actually my number one film. Yeah, and let's not bury the lead. The other film we're going to be talking about soon is the same film for both of us, your number two and my number one. So, yeah, so we do have the same one and two films, just in the other order. Yeah, so it's safe to say that both these films we're talking about are fantastic. No, they, they really are. So, Back to a Star is Born. Yes, of course. As you say, Bradley Cooper is, there's no way this guy's not getting at least an Oscar nomination for this. For sure. He is outstanding. He could he could get nominated for Best Director. I could see that easily. Yep, I could see it too. The way this film is put together is amazing. Like, to film concerts that way that just get you, it just... You're honest, right in there. You are yeah. right in the thick of it. Like, to have that backstage pass, it, it, I felt like I was there. Yeah. When they have this backstage um, sort of camera angle, which they do a lot... I honestly felt like I was on stage. I saw this on a huge screen. It was so great. Honestly, this film blew me away. Blew me away. There is a scene about not even halfway through this movie where I started tearing up and I just couldn't help myself. I saw it with Brit. She looked at me and not knowing I was so affected by what I was seeing, she showed me her arm and she's like, this is giving me goosebumps. Really? Like, no shit. This film... And I was... I was obviously right there with her. Like, Nice. It had such an emotional impact on me. Their tale of, you know, their love forming, it's, man, it got me. It really, really got me. I just got to chill. Do we have to die? I'm serious. <laughs> it's like, I just, oh, man, yeah, that scene's it, good. It is great. There is, a, there is a scene for me later on. Oh, I got to talk about it now. We talk about Brad, Bradley Cooper. He's getting nominated in that. Sam Elliott. Yeah, Sam Holy Elliott is great. Holy shit. He is a slam dunk nomination for supporting, and he should bloody get the win. I'm telling you, he, in a, such a small role, he is amazing. This one particular scene with him backing out of a driveway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was incredible. Just his restraint. emotional restraint. Yeah, yeah. Was insane. That was fantastic. Yeah, no, it was it was brilliant. There's so, was brilliant. there's so much emotional acting and on on so much so many levels in this film. It was great. Lady Gaga, she's she's really good too. Like she's out of the out of the three, I think she is the weakest. Yeah, I would agree, but she's on point. Like she has won a globe, I think, already for American Horror Story. But she has the acting chops here to share a screen with the likes of Cooper and Elliot, mm. and that's that's no small feat. Like she. There is a chance she could get an Oscar nom here. I think it's a very strong chance she gets a nom. At the very least, she'll get an Oscar nom for song, best song. She's, I think she'll probably get the win. 
I mean, I'm not sure what else will be nominated, but I wouldn't... Yeah, I could see that very, very easily. But she sings a lot in this film. Yeah. Like, as you well know. It's not to be understated. There are probably over 10 songs where she sings. Yep. So, and some of them are songs that to convey, like, the weird path she's taking. Like, there's a couple of songs that aren't good. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying every song is a, a yeah. smash hit. Like... You're following this, you know, this journey of her. I mean, it's more a Bradley Cooper story. It it is. Yeah, it, it is one hundred percent a Bradley Cooper story. Yeah, I've heard complaints that you don't get a lot um, of backstory with Gaga at all. But for me, honestly, I just think that's that's her story. You don't need it. Yeah, she has no backstory. No, like you don't need to have some big traumatic event in her life that she needs to tell and open up and be. Mm. She's just this normal girl who likes to sing and is grown up with this. Dad, how funny is the dad I and his friends? I could not believe. I knew that Andrew Dice Clay was in this film, but I completely didn't even recognize him. Only at the end when his name came up, I'm like, oh my God, that was the dad. I remember Andrew Dice Clay from Entourage. For any Entourage people out there who remember that, from his performance in that to this, like, mind blown. It was such a transition. It was fantastic. He's he was so good. He's so good. And his crooner mates as well. They oh, were the, standing. The mates were a pisser. Yeah, it was so good. They're exactly how so many dads would be. It's just, he, he, he was really great. Obviously, we can't get into spoilers here, but I I hadn't seen any of the previous movies. I had no Me idea neither. where this Me story neither. was going. It took some turns I didn't expect, like, in a big way. And I was really glad. Like, it wasn't just a standard... You know, standard look at this girl rise up the music industry story. It was great. And I loved where it went. Very emotional. Got very dark in places. And I really appreciated it. It had a big impact on me. Had an absolute blast watching it. And honestly, I can't wait to see it again. There is a fantastic snap cut edit towards the very end that nailed it. Nailed it. And yeah, I completely agree with you, Dean. This was a fantastic film. Definitely one to see at the cinema. Like, yeah. Sound was amazing. The sound. The, when you, you can, these films are the ones where you can see the difference from seeing it at home and seeing it in the cinema. There are certain films where it's like, there is no point in going and wasting your money going to the movies to see this when you can just clearly do it at home. Yep. Films like this need to be seen on the big screen. Absolutely. Okay, a couple of reviews here for A Star Is Born. The first one from the More Gooder Than podcast. It's just a gif of someone bawling their eyes out. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Another one here from our mate Brothers, a mad scientist, who said, Amazing performance from Cooper and Lady Gaga. However, I feel that Jackson's story was a little light on and that no one ever really addressed his problems. A fantastic soundtrack, though. It has been stuck in my head for days. From the Tasteless podcast, I aggressively hated it. Wow. That sounds very aggressive of you. It does. From this episode's guest, Film Inquiry Podcast, a really great movie for the first hour, then it gets not great when Lady Gaga goes on Saturday Night Live and sings about jeans. Then it gets back to being great again. I really enjoyed it. So rare for a movie to make concerts feel cinematic. They nailed it. Last one here from the IDDM. It's a powerful movie, and the characters and music will take up residence in my mind for many weeks, if not much longer. There's a realness to the story that hit me on a personal level. My hope is we talk more openly about depression. Very good review there, and a very solid choice for number one. Just missed it for me, because my number one, and your number two, is Searching. I'm Margo. I'm 15. Student. 
calling to report a missing person. Okay, who is this regarding? My daughter. I'm the detective assigned to your daughter's case. I need to know how everything unfolded. Understood. I think we're gonna go late, like, all night. One, after a steady session, Margot didn't return home. Margot Kim, school has her marked as absent today. Two, she didn't attend school on Friday. My daughter is in a lesson with you right now. Margot canceled her classes six months ago. And three, she's been transferring funds for the last six months. Yeah, this movie was a bloody gem. I thought this was fantastic. The use of the webcams and all that, I knew it was coming. You obviously didn't when you saw it, so it was quite refreshing for you. Was it not refreshing for you? Well, I have known about other films like Unfriended, where they've used the same sort of idea. Gimmick? Yeah, gimmick. This one used it perfect. It really was. Like, to have this whole entire film just shown from a computer screen, like, just let that sink in. Mm. To have that so effectively convey every scene they need to, every emotion, every angle they need to. It's This is no small feat. No. This is incredible that they have been able to do this so successfully. John Cho is so good in this film, going through the emotions that you would go through in the situation that has happened to him. He is amazing. I really enjoy seeing him get some really great roles lately because he carries this film beautifully. Absolutely. He's, he- he's in most pretty much all the film, and he's acting to a computer screen. Like, he's acting to a camera. Yeah, exactly. I mean, most people are in films, Hendo. No, they're acting to other actors. There's still cameras around. You know what I mean? He's not getting any feedback on what he's doing. In some scenes, there are. Okay, but the majority of it, he's on a computer. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Like, and it's a, it's very realistic, like, depiction of how you could use computers and the right way to do things to actually track people down. It's kind of scary how easily it is for him. But even just the opening scene where they start. The shot of, like, I think it was Windows XP. Yeah, old school. Yeah, very old Windows operating system. And then as time goes by, it it upgrades. It's really, it's clever. Like it is very film, smart. Little bits and pieces here and there throughout the film that you, you probably wouldn't even get on a first one, on a first viewing. Hmm. It's definitely one where you could go back and see all the, all the nitpicks in the background as well. Yeah, but at its core, this is a... A gripping mystery tale. Yes. And it unravels in front of our eyes on this computer screen. It's emotional. It's exhilarating. It has so many cool little twists and turns. It, it had me on the edge of the seat. Like, yeah, like, throughout me the whole too, film, me too. Try, just there with him, like, going through piece by piece. It's the same as what he's doing, the whole movie. Yeah, you're right there with him. And, I don't know, there's just... The story is so well written. And the you talk about the gimmick of the computer screens and that, the way they use that to their advantage, like seeing him type something and he types it, but then he doesn't, it's not what he wants to say. So he pulls that back and you get yeah. his thoughts and yep. emotions through yeah. that many, many times. Yeah. No. It's great. It is great. It's a useful tool. Yeah. This film, this blew me away. This is one of my favorites of the year, for sure. Yeah. I can see why. Like it's, it's right up there for me as well. Excellent. Okay. That's going to do it this week, Dean. Mm. That was a good talk. Good fun. Good fun with John, Mark, and Jay from the Film Inquiry podcast. Absolutely. Thanks again, fellas. Yep. Absolute blast we had. Good talking to you again about a bunch of movies that we loved. It was a very good fortnight for movies. That's right. I wonder what the next fortnight's going to hold up. If it's anything like this, I'd be wrapped. Well, we're heading into the end of the year where the majority of the films that come out are usually well-received. What have we got coming up? We've got Halloween... That's right. Bohemian Rhapsody. That's out soon. I'm definitely going to check out Thunder Road, and I'm going to watch Beasts of No Nation. 
You're fucking better. Because if you don't, I'm going to give you another movie on top of that next time. Ooh, You've got a fortnight to watch it. Big talk. But yeah, that's going to do it, guys. So we will see you next week for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, we will. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.